This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I am your host, Bet Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids. I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly. The world needs you. Hello, welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. I am thrilled to have each one of you here today, and I hope each one of you enjoyed your holiday season. And even though for many of us, it can be a time of chaos in certain ways, I really hope each one of you found some peace too. We had a lovely, lovely time with family and friends, and we also had some snow, which isn't very typical for us here in the Pacific Northwest, especially where we live here in Gig Harbor, Washington. It was a wonderful, wonderful treat, and I learned my lesson many years ago that Before we expect snow, even an inkling of snow, I make the kids get their snow pants, snow boots, gloves, hat, and a snow jacket ready to go because there's nothing worse than when you get that unexpected snow dump and no one can find their gloves, no one has boots that fit, no one has snow pants, and it just makes the whole day a lot more chaotic and a lot less peaceful. (laughs) And, you know, it's already craziness around here because I feel like I'm putting on gloves like every minute and then I'm taking them off and then I'm putting them back on and then I'm drying them. And a nice addition to our household was the hot tub a few years ago. So I did notice that the kids would, you know, go sledding, play, you know, with the snow and then take a dip in the hot tub you know, rough living out here, let me tell (laughs) you. Well, I also want to thank each one of you. As many of you know, Spencer, my husband, had a little bit of a health scare, and we have been walking through that, and he is doing fabulous. I hope to share more at a later time. I'm even trying to convince him to come on the show to share a little bit about his journey. I just want to thank you for all the prayers, all the warm wishes and words, all the actions. I had friends who came and picked up my kids, brought us food and groceries, and just loved us really, really well. You know, Mary Lennenberg was on my show, and she shared about losing her daughter and how when you're in the depths of something, even though Spencer's incident was not a death, it's amazing how the best way you can help somebody, I believe, is just to show up the best you know how and maybe not just say, what do you need? What do you need? But just do your best. And I can relate to that feeling of feeling overwhelmed. You feel kind of overwhelmed to have to tell everybody what's going on, keep everybody updated, even those you love, right? And then tell people the best way they can help you out. 
And as an extrovert, that really did surprise me. You know, I'm sure some people were bothered that I shared an update on social media and they're like, oh, I bet didn't call me and give me a personal update. But to be honest, in some ways, that was the easiest way I could share. So thank you all for understanding that. Today, our guest is Cassie Joy Garcia, and you guys, she's a New York Times bestselling author, and I just love her message of simplifying, especially around dinner. You know, a lot of us kind of stress and find that dinner and cooking for our family and eating healthy can be a little bit overwhelming, and I think today's episode is a really great one if you are feeling exactly that. Cassie has a lot of wisdom around this topic. She's also now a mother of three young little ones, and I'm so excited for you to hear some of her tips when it comes to getting dinner on the table, eating healthy, and simplifying, because you know I love that word. We are all guilty at times of overcomplicating things. I hope on Living Your Big Bold Life podcast, you realize that simplifying can be bold too. At the end of today's episode, I share a few more tips that we have learned as a family when it comes to our refrigerator and having easily accessible, healthy, and simple snacks and a way that we have found can also help us save time when it comes to dinner. Can't wait to hear what you think. Thanks for being here, my friends. Here's Cassie Joy. Hello, and welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas, and today, she doesn't know this. I did not tell her this before the interview, (laughs) but I have a thing for two name names, and like all my kids... I when naming them, I was like, oh, well, maybe they could be this or they could be that. So I have an Emmy Lou. I have an Elliot Joanne that I was convinced was going to be an Ellie Joe. And then I have a Davy May. I have a Betty Ann Olivia that we call Bo. So I'm really weird is really what it comes down to. I'm obviously obsessed. So I love your name. Let's just start with that on a very <laughs> basic level. I love your name. <laughs> That is so sweet. And I'm going to need to, and you sound brilliant at naming babies. So I would, I'm due with number three and I could use some inspiration. (laughs) You know, it's, it was a joke between my husband and I I was like, I could just have all the babies to name them because it's so fun. I enjoy it so much. And my only if not that you're asking for my advice, my only, my advice, yeah, my (laughs) advice is try to have one family connection if you can. Like even Mm -hmm. if it's the middle name or there's something, because I do think it's really cool when you can tell your child, this is who you are kind of connected to by name. And we, you know, some of us have godparents and go that route as well. But I do think it's another piece of connection for them. So we always did that with a middle name. And Mm -hmm. yet I love just honoring people in our lives that, and that they are now, I feel like, forever connected to. I love that. We've done that so far with our first two, but I think you just gave me the uh, in needed inspiration to whittle down our middle names <laughs> for the, second, the third one. Because at the time you think, oh, I just like this name better, and, you know, at certain yes. times. But looking back, I that is one thing I don't regret. And if anything, like I, I hope I did that well enough because I just think having a namesake 
and a connection there is so cool. But that is not why you came to share your time with us today, Kathy <laughs> Joy. So before we get started, we're going to talk all the things. We're going to hear about your new book. We're going to talk health. And I'm so excited for your upcoming new baby. So we should talk about that. But before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and why you're here today? Oh gosh. Well, I am a, I, you know, it's hard to uh, not lead with this as part of my introduction because it's so much of who I am, but I'm a mom of two young kids, soon to be three in early December. And I am, I'm here in San Antonio, Texas. I started a food blog about, not about, a little over 10 years ago. And it has blossomed into this really cool, I mean, I just, when I think is, when I say cool, I mean like it's such a cool place to work, Um, but an online editorial called Fed and Fit. And I get to work with a small but mighty team of editors and and writers. And uh, we just, we all get to live out our dream job. Um, And I like to think of us as problem solvers with everyday life, but mostly as they revolve around the kitchen. And that's kind of how I've shaped my career, you know, and readers would write in and say, I started off Fed and Fit because I was going through my own health journey, you know, and had really unlocked a lot of healing that I didn't know I needed to do in my early 20s, just upset gut, stuff like that, that was leading to a lot of chronic pain. And so started sharing recipes that were working for me. And as readers wrote in and asked really great follow-up questions, I thought, gosh, that's great. I'm going to go back to school and see if I can get some answers and see if I can really be even more helpful. And that's how I've, that's been my career is just chasing this ball of how can I be as helpful as possible as it overlaps with the things that I'm personally passionate about in my career. Um, and it's evolved as of late as a, uh, richly scheduled <laughs> mama working mother into how do we make life easier and lighter in these, what can be busy seasons, uh, specifically around just getting dinner on the table. And night after night, I was really, I was like, I love to cook. This is what I do. This is my chosen career. But night after night, it was a struggle to get dinner on the table. And it, and then especially to get dinner on the table from a joyful heart. You know, wanting to like, there's a difference between putting it on the table and be like, here you go. I'm exhausted. I got nothing left in the tank. You better eat it. Versus, you know, where I want to be most of the time, if possible, is to be able to put a meal on the table and then to be able to connect with my family. And so just wanting to figure out a better way and solve that for not myself, only myself, but also for our community. Oh, I just love that. And it probably, I don't know if you're like me, but that is one of the number one things I hear from you know, moms and dads about is kind of how do I have this like lighter approach to motherhood and life and how do I just practically get dinner on the table and like you said, not be kind of bitter about it, but have joy and that opportunity for connection. And I love that today we're going to talk about that because I do think it is such a need. And it's also such a thing that I it's it's something that I just hear all the time. And you know, I think there are all these like things in our lives that that are foundational. And I really believe that 
dinner and having time with our family is one of those things. I mean, mm-hmm. I you know, I, the research proves it. You and I as moms can attest to that, that it really sets a piece to our evening. I think a piece even to the next day. So you set out on this, you start food blogging and where did it go from there? I mean, this is like pretty amazing that this is 10 years ago. You were food blogging probably when it was not newer, but I would say, you know, back then I, that was probably an interesting time to start. It was, you know, it was definitely before Instagram and it was, didn't, I didn't even get a Fed and Fit Facebook page up for a while when I started because organizations weren't leaning into that social platform at the time. You know, it was it was interesting and I learned a lot from those early days and it became I think what it did is it fortified that desire for me to interview my audience really intentionally because I think that the way that social media has shaped how we have conversations with our communities nowadays is it's really easy to get information from folks but I still think there's value in surveying you know and asking intentional questions because there are people who might have uh, really great ideas or gosh I don't know requests of them that might actually span the majority of readers but they aren't the kind of folks necessarily that would Uh, offer that perspective of unsolicited online. And so it was really, I'm really grateful that I got that background, you know, in learning how to connect with my readers before today's day and age. And that has really shaped it. And it's been a really fun, wild ride. Um, I used to focus more heavily on nutrition and nutrition science. And I had a, I'm a holistic nutritionist. So I did go back and get that certification. And I worked with clients one-on-one, built a nutrition program when I couldn't scale that past if you, anybody listening has ever worked with nutrition clients 101, you just know that like there is a threshold. Yes. You know, yes. <laughs> just, and for me that there was pretty low. Um, I couldn't, I did not know how to connect with more than about six people at a time, you know, and to really offer them valuable insights. And so turn that into a program as a way to reach more people. If it were possible, you know, kind of an 80% solution versus, um, a higher percentage, and that blossomed into my first book, and then uh, which was self-titled "Fed and Fit," and that really has a great copy of essentially my entire nutrition and healthy lifestyle philosophy. Which is funny because I was such a different place when I wrote that photo on the cover. "Fed and Fit" was taken the day before I got married to my amazing husband, but I was just in a different stage of life then. You know, totally. uh, this was before. Before children, you know, and I joke that sometimes in today's day, I have a three and a half year old, a one and a half year old, and then soon to be this baby. And uh, when folks ask if I'm thinking about taking a baby moon, I'm like, you know what I actually want is for my children to go stay the night at their grandmother's house so I can just sit on the couch with my husband and eat dinner and watch TV while we eat dinner. Like just those little, little things. No, but this is a, this is a fascinating comment because I do believe that many moms would agree with you that we don't get to be alone in our own house a lot. So yeah. for us to kind of have those moments of kind of peace or just to kind of get away for a little bit or take a break, we have to leave our own house. And yet yes. a lot of times what we're craving is staying in our own house and everybody else leaving. And sometimes <laughs> I think that's a really powerful thing to say, you know what, 
you know, grandma and grandpa or go play at a friend's or, hey, honey, if it's just you, hey, you know, honey, can you take the kids to the park? I just need some time in my own house and yes. even a nap. Hey, <laughs> you know, that's that's so great. Well, I can only imagine like the differences. So let's talk some tangible tips from mm -hmm. your book and everything. What have you found if the, the mom comes to you and says, Cassie, I'm really struggling getting dinner on the table and I'm really struggling getting food that I feel is serving myself and my family the best. What are some tangible tips that you like to share about that? The first one isn't tangible, but I, I can't be remiss if I didn't say it. I just want that person to know that I'm picturing a, a girl, a, a she, uh, but like I want her to know that she's not alone in feeling that way. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes that feeling of, gosh, I should be able to get dinner on the table and I should be able to do this day after day. And why, I, I'm, why am I so run down and all of it's such so simple. And we just get in our head about all the shoulds. And then there's some guilt associated with ordering takeout. And I just want to clear the deck first and be like, you are not alone and you're doing a great job, right? If the family was fed, just check that box. Right. Check Amen. Amen. And so I would say that first, but my next tangible tip would be, there's a lot of power I have found, even when I'm in, I think the busiest of seasons, there's, I can usually carve out, let's call it 10 to 15 minutes. For me, that usually winds up on a Saturday, whether it's, it's relatively quiet and calm, but I have to, I have to be intentional about it because if I don't make the time for it, is it not going to happen, right? To plan. There's so much power available to us if we're able to just sit down and plan a little bit. And so I think that if you're feeling like you can't quite catch up with the week and the days are running away away from you, and you know, in our house we eat dinner at about five thirty, and at four thirty, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at the clock and be like, oh my gosh, it's four thirty again, and I still don't know what I'm doing for dinner. When yes. it's in it's in those seasons, and that's when that feeling of rushed and, you know, all the feeling unsettled starts to really set in. And I can do myself such a huge favor by on Saturday, the week ahead, writing down what I'm planning on feeding my family that week for dinner. And then the second part of this tip is not just meal plan, write it down, write down what we're going to have. But after you write it down, I want you to go because it's there's something about writing it in the quiet of a Saturday morning before your house wakes up where you feel like you can tackle a roasted duck on Thursday night because you're going to have an hour and a half at home before you need to eat. But I would challenge you to go back over whatever you wrote down. Maybe it wasn't a duck. Maybe it was something right, more, right. <laughs> more simple. But to go back over it and to simplify. I think that we're overcomplicating dinner. I really believe that. I think that if we're feeling run down and exhausted by dinner time, I think we're probably not planning early enough and we're probably overcomplicating what we are planning. And so go back over it. And I want you to put on the lens of, okay, now what if it's been the week of all weeks? Then what does dinner look like? And then rewrite it. And future you is going to be so thankful the past you did that. Oh, I love that tip. And I do think you are so right on there that whether it applies to your dinners, your upcoming week for work, your upcoming week as a family, I do think really taking a look at that on a Friday or Saturday in the quiet, and it just sets you up so much better for success the next week. It really, really does. And I, I think 
so much of the chaos can be when we just didn't take, which isn't a lot of time early, but we didn't take that time. And like you said, it's 430. And mm-hmm. we're like, holy cannoli, what do we do? And, you know, I love that focus on simplifying too, because, you know, sometimes it's, we have a couple things on the table and I, then I throw out, like, I literally put out the blueberry container yeah. that I bought at Costco and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be out. And Hey, and one of our nights is clean out the fridge night. My kids literally look forward to that night at the same time. It's such an amazing night for me as a mom. Cause it's like, Oh, we just clean through like half the crap mm-hmm. in, my, in my fridge. <laughs> Uh, So I love that. So on your health journey and as you've helped people, what are some things that you've found that have helped kind of people take steps towards a healthier uh, family uh, and a healthier approach to the food that they're serving your family? What are some kind of tips that you like to share in that area? For my family, I really try to... Have small children in the house is just gonna it's just gonna rock the boat one way or another, right? But I do get to cho- I do get to be the one that buys the groceries, right? And I do get to be the one that chooses what comes into the house. And so what I try to do is just make sure that my as far as staying healthy, my refrigerator, for example, is cleaned out and organized so that it makes it a place that I want to go pull foods from and my children want to go look for foods from. Does that make sense? Completely. Like, you know, I think, and, and as I'm not perfect at this. Like there are plenty of ends of weeks where my refrigerator is a hot mess, but I, I have found that if I want to stay, my pantry on the other hand is much larger than my refrigerator. And so it's much easier to stay organized. And I have my bucket of pretzels for the girls that, of course, I also snack on and my bucket of this and bucket of that. And it makes it a really easy place to go and snack from and pull meals from because I can see everything at once and nothing in there is expired or anything like that. And so if I adapt, if I apply the same philosophy to my refrigerator and I have a I have a predictable shelf for fruit and a predictable bowl or little bucket or bin for snackable vegetables, I have just found that I'm able to really instill that desire to also peruse, you know, maybe I'll grab some pretzels and maybe they'll also go want to go grab, you know, some snap peas and some raspberries from the refrigerator. And so just having everything organized about the same versus the refrigerator just being where everything gets tossed, I think helps a lot. I completely and easily accessible because otherwise they're just going to go to the pantry. And what we can all admit is that the choices in the pantry likely are not going to be as good as the choices they're going to find in that fridge. And I do think the more it can be easily accessible, like you said, like, hey, yeah, I could have a celery stock in a bag in there, or it could be cut up and ready mm-hmm. so that, hey, maybe like you said, they grab that instead of just all pantry food or all processed food. And no one here is pretending to be perfect, but I think right. that's a really helpful tool. So in terms of as you've been working on your new book, I'd love to hear. So you have this Fed and Fit, you have this website, you've kind of grown this platform throughout the years. Tell us about now what you're working on. Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> this is, there. there's this new, this website. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called YouTube, like Y-O-U. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so 
so late to the game. Um, but that's how I feel. It feels brand new to me right now. So we're uh, building out a YouTube channel. And, you know, I've got this beautiful kitchen studio space that we were able to build and move into last year. And our dream photographer was able to join our team and our videographer part, part of me. And so we're just working on a bunch of video content. So we're coming out with two new videos there a week for the next foreseeable future. Oh, that's amazing. And what a value that is going to be. So I have kind of an off-topic question a little bit. But as your family has grown Mm -hmm. and you have three young babies, and it's interesting, my first three were very similar to your ages, actually. What have you found has kept you going through a lot of change? You know, it's not easy to have a three and a half, a one and a half, Mm -hmm. and a new baby on the way. And how have you managed to continually kind of juggle all these these dreams, like your YouTube launch, your food blog? What is kind of helped you? Oh, the the village is what helps. And I try to make no secret about it is that I have, you know, a tremendous support system. I think that if it were still just me, and I, I, I know this, I know this for a fact, if Fed and Fit were just me, I probably would have taken an extended hiatus from work. Right. Um, because there's just in a lot of ways, no ways to do it all. And there is no way for anybody to do it all. But I I could not have kept up with the output that Fed and Fit has represented over the last, let's call it three and a half years since my daughter Gray was born. And I, uh, I really attribute that to my team. And I will say though, I started Fed and Fit knowing that I also wanted a family, God willing, and wanted to be able to have the flexibility to be with them if I could. And so I've invested very heavily, very early on in a lot of help at Fed and Fit. So essentially every dollar made, I put back into the business with the hope that I could turn it into a job and create a position for team members here. And now Fed and Fit has grown. We're going to end the year with, there are six of us, including myself that work at Fed and Fit. And I I joke that I get to do what I think is, I think we all kind of get to do our dream jobs here, but I get to do my part, my dream job part is cook and invent and photograph and develop new recipes. And this incredible team takes care of the rest. And then at home, I have, I invest in help at home also. My kids are in a kind of a part-time day school. And then to help bridge the gap, we bring in childcare whenever needed. It was such a weird identity thing to give up on, but brought in help to help me keep a home, you know, keep up with laundry, keep up with keeping every, the floors clean. I have two huge dogs that are between them and the girls. It's, you know, it's clean for about 90 seconds after a good scrub. And I, for a while, I put that off because so much of my, well, isn't this what I do? Isn't this part of my identity is to do all of these things? And someone really wise, a a professional mentor of mine told me years ago, I was on a trip. My daughter was about, my firstborn was about one year old, one years old. And I remember telling her, I was like, gosh, I just, I hope this is the right decision that I came on this two day trip, you know, for a one year old. And she's a mother of three herself, and they were a little bit older, and she was like, number one, she's fine. She's going to be fine. This is good for her and her father. 
And number two, she's like, just remember, you can have it all. You just can't have it all on the same day. That really freed me from pursuing this concept of being this perfect or maximized out uh, working mom of crushing it at being a mom and being a business person all on the same day. That's just unattainable. And so what I have found is that while I'm at work, I focus on being at work. And when I'm home, I focus on being at home. And those boundaries really help me feel like I can actually have it all. Oh, such good advice. I just think I could not have said it better. And I think you have just, I so hope that other working moms out there hear you and that as you scale your business or your home, meaning you grow your family, you are going to need more of that village and more help. And I love that you share that because we often expect someone like you to say, oh yeah, I have help. And then yet some people get criticized for having it. And mm-hmm. we can't, we can't do that. We all have, well, we all have to share, you know, candidly about how we kind of make this work. And I think your, your professional mentor's advice is so right on. Well, I know we are coming to a close here today, which I am super sad about, but before we go, how do people find you? How do they connect with you and support your amazing dream? And then additionally, what is your piece of bold advice you'd like to end this interview with today? Ooh, so exciting. Well, you can find more about uh, my work. Fedandfit.com has links to everything. That's really the main hub. There's over a thousand free recipes and wellness articles there. For social media, I'm probably the most active over on fedandfit.com or excuse me, Fed and Fit Instagram. And then um, the, my brand new book, Cook Once Dinner Fix, where I really aim to solve this dinner problem, crack this code. It's available everywhere books are sold, and including Target, Barnes & Noble, or you could ask it's everywhere online, or you could ask your favorite local bookstore to see if they can get it in. I'm sure that they can. And then my last piece of big, bold advice is, I think that sometimes I'm not a journal person. I'm not someone who keeps a journal. Uh, regularly, I tend to resist those kinds of very smart systems. <laughs> but the next time you're in the car and you're driving quietly, or when this podcast ends, wherever you are, I would encourage you to keep the sound off for a second. Don't skip to the next episode right away. Don't put on music right away. And just think to yourself, where is a pain point in my life right now? Where is an area where I'm having trouble just finding footing, you know, and in it, I mean, we talked about getting dinner on the table, but maybe it's also your morning routine or your evening routine or something's not working for you. I would give it five minutes to think through and then brainstorm a way that you could try a different approach. And, you know, things are never going to change and they're never going to feel lighter and it's never going to be better until we do something different. But sometimes when we're in the throes of life, we don't. Years, literal years will go by before we, we rethink something that's not working for us. And so I would say, put that up on the, on the to-do list today. Do it right now when this episode ends and, and see what comes of it. I love that because our feet are not in cement. We can mm-hmm. change. We can pivot. We can shift. But like you said, sometimes in the chaos of life and having a young family or a busy job or just a busy life, sometimes we don't do anything about that pain point. And I love the thought of kind of 
be in the quiet and listening to that is so key because there's so much coming out at us at all times, all that noise. Well, this has been such a pleasure and I am so grateful for your time and your wisdom and your tips. But before we go, what's your favorite recipe? What's a recipe we need to cook this week? And then we need to come and find it on your website. What's your favorite? Oh gosh. The one I'm loving the most right now is this chicken turmeric soup. I call it the healing chicken soup and it is bright yellow. It's got coconut milk in it. And if you don't like coconut milk, I have a spot for you. (laughs) I can hear people already like, well, I don't like coconut. It's got kale in it, sweet potatoes. It is almost like the take chicken soup that's good for you when you want it, when you're not feeling that great, for example. And it would, but redesigned by a nutritionist. (laughs) It sounds fantastic. It's really delicious. Okay. So we're all going to check out this healing turmeric chicken soup with yummy coconut milk. Even for those that might not like coconut milk, you should still try it. And Cassie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I know this episode's going to help so many people. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Bet. Thanks for having me. Well, you guys, I was super inspired after Cassie Joy's interview. So I decided to take her kind of advice to plan on a Saturday kind of one step further. And I said, you know what I want to do is I want to make our snacks for our kids and our family more accessible. So I got out all the glass containers and I had the kids help me and we put chopped up cucumbers. We took the spinach out of the bag. We cut up celery. We did some snap peas that I bought at Trader Joe's. We cut up oranges. We got the grapes washed. We had strawberries ready to go, blueberries ready to go. And then I didn't just want fruits and vegetables. So then I got some string cheese and I put those in like a cup so that they were easy to grab. I got olives out of the jar ready to go so that the kids could grab and help themselves there. We hard boiled some eggs and I had some deli meat. Then I took all the yogurts and I put them at their height as well. And to be honest, you guys, I felt really great about that because the kids now were excited. I was excited because I was like, hey, you want a snack? Go to your area of the fridge. Hey, I need a side with Sunday night's dinner. Guess what? I already had some stuff cut up and ready to go. I am not claiming to be the first one to share this with you, but It has been the gift that keeps on giving back this week. We have used it over and over. It's helped us pack lunches, pack snacks. It's helped us have healthier options. Sometimes we think food prep means having all these meals ready to go. But sometimes it's also actually taking the foods that we have just one step further, cutting them up, unpackaging them, just getting them ready so that they get used and that your family has simple, ready-to-go, healthy options. The last two tips I want to share with you. Number one, always build your plate around a protein is something you hear often. But you also hear me say that sometimes it's four o'clock, right? And you haven't thought about what protein. Try to have your protein ready to go and planned out either the week prior or at least by 10 that morning. So you know what protein you are going to have. The last tip I want to leave you with is double your proteins. And what do I mean by that? 
anytime you are cooking a protein, because it does often take a little bit more work than some of the other foods, right? Is if you can double your portion and save the second. So double it and then can you vacuum seal it? We use our vacuum sealer a lot and then put it in the freezer and then you've just saved yourself time for the next time you want to cook dinner. So a great example was we had a pork loin last night that was a pork loin Spencer had cooked a couple months ago and vacuum sealed. Think of what a time saver that is. And when you're actually cooking, doubling your protein amount doesn't really add that much more time, right? So hopefully those tips are helpful for each one of you. And I can't wait to see you next week. Same time, same place. See you next time. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you.